I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room So you wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what? I knew you was going to do you it today. You have a blender bottle. I, yes, fam, I do. Fam, he got a blender bottle. He's trying to show off as he in shape. He got on. his little protein mix and stuff, <laughs> but he got the nerve to have Valetta Loaf Cake. Reese's huh? Pieces, candy pieces on the table in front of us and our guests. Okay, huh? he got a little fruit. Okay. You got a little fruit, but you're going to drag out the blender bottle and give us the stuff that's going to mess us up. I'm just, I'm just letting them know. I got mine to get yours. Uh, but you See? stepped up a bit. I'm so proud of you not bringing the Doritos anymore. Oh, they're over there in the Oh, bag. you I have to. You, you, man. Anyway, hello. Anywho. <laughs> you see how we do it on The Rant Room. Mm-hmm. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So y'all here. Yes. That's my girl. Yes. My home team. Yes. The home my- slice. <laughs> the original L Boogie before the original, Lauren Hill. Okay. The original. You was L Boogie before Left Lauren Coast. Left San Di- Coast. Southeast San Diego, baby. <laughs> Why are you throwing Lincoln gang Park. signs? Lincoln Park. It's not gangs. I'm you just letting people signs? know where I'm from. In front I'm of the from. doctor, too. See? I'm from <laughs> Southeast Dago. <laughs> She didn't even put the, the sick one nine. The, the sick, sick the sick one nine. Not six one nine. The sick one nine. Because you know we had our hip hop stuff okay. going on too. I would make that road trip to LA. Well, we got down there. Who was famous from there? Who? <sighs> well, we didn't got too many famous people. I mean, any any, any rappers? Who, I'm who? trying to think. Who did we have? Because a lot of them have changed their names now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Who do we have? Uh, oh, Orco. I don't know if you guys know Orco. That sounds familiar. Um, okay, never mind. This is like underground, underground, oh, underground. Well, These are like I folks. said anybody who made it, bitch, and you going over there well, with that because one. because here's the thing. When you're <laughs> underground and you're doing stuff, you're still successful in what you're doing just because mm-hmm. you're not mainstream. Not everybody got to be tacky McDonald's. Just because one billion served don't mean your stuff is good. Smash Burger, uh, okay. Five Brothers Burger. I live You know? Okay. You know? Just because okay. you eat Big Macs. So basically nobody made it. Now. T- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway, good to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, boy, I was about to go off on care for a second right mm-hmm. there, but I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, oh, congratulations for you getting married. Coming back you. from your, your Hawaii honeymoon. You know, two weeks. We was there for just a You know, minute. texting me like, you know. where you at? I'm in a helicopter. Like, bitch, don't text me. <laughs> Talking about where you at, like, yeah, I'm we in a helicopter. Chilling. I'm checking you know, out Hawaii. We like, anywho. But I still was working. I yes, still was working. you were still working. Yes. I was. I had a script to turn in. Um, anyway, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. Mm-hmm. So, we got a cool-ass guest for you guys today. Dr. Namu, you guys. If well, y'all Nama. Nama? Mm-hmm. Right. Rhymes with Mama. From? Dr. Food. Nama. Oh, the, uh, the first name, yes. Dr. Nama. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Sorry about that, Doc. No, no, no. Sorry about that, Doc. No, What does your last name mean? Uh, it means flexible. Flexible. Does it really? Yeah, it means flexible. Wow. 
You could tell he's flexibly hanging okay. out on our show. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I have been stalking Dr. Nama for like two years now. Okay. Because number one, uh, not easy, brilliant mind, mm-hmm. film and just blackness and everything all around. Mm-hmm. But he's the co-creator with John Jennings of the Astral Blackness uh, Conference. That's the thing you go up to. Yes, yeah. yes, at Loyola Marymount. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're a professor. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And um, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got like a slew of books. But I really wanted to have him come on the show. I saw him, what was it, last week, wasn't it? That's right. We were at UC Riverside. They're having a whole series of events called uh, Alternative Futurisms. That's cute. And so basically, they're having different <laughs> academics come in. You came up with that, didn't you? That was your, <laughs> no, that was your title. No, no, that was all. your title. So I was like, <laughs> I'm on a little mini break from work right now. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine, Jamie, hey, Jamie, go, yay. She's getting her PhD over there at UCR. And so usually she'll hit me up. Like, I, I mean, I know they're having the series the whole year. Mm-hmm. But then she said, you know, Dr. Nama is going to be up here. So I literally left San Diego, got in my car, mm-hmm. drove all the way up, brought my book, one of his books. <laughs> My yes, little por- my little dog-eared books. Yes, and then when indeed. I parked early, I walked into uh, the coffee shop, and he was standing in line. I was like, yeah. I was having a fan squeam moment. I'm like, <laughs> And he just so happened. That not happened. Just happened. The perfect time. He happened to turn around and saw his book. He's like, So, ah. so basically, you a groupie. I, why well, you got to be all stalking well, Dr. Nama? I, was, like I wasn't being stalking. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. no. It was why, just, why she was talking? <laughs> no, no. I've been trying to get him on the show because he has such brilliant insight mm-hmm. on a lot of like film and pop culture. I mean, I'm, we're sure we're gonna have you talk about. Yeah, you a cinephile like too. That. I've noticed. Oh that. my god, yeah, yeah, this yeah, we'll go he uh-huh. breaks down stuff, and and I think for a writer, for myself as a screenwriter, and mm. also as a fiction writer, it's always great. And I tell people all the time, it's always great to listen to what academics have to say about the genre, mm-hmm. because a lot of times they pull out insights that sometimes you didn't think you were intentionally putting in there, mm-hmm. but it also makes you reflect on your own work. True. And I really, really, really begged him. I said, you really have to come on the show because mm-hmm. he has this recent book that's about Quentin Tarantino, and y'all. No, QTs. Tell, the, the, tell the people what it is. Tell the people what it is. I have to tell you because you know what? I gotta tell you. I go, doctor, Moses tell them what it is. Tell them what your books are. Well, yeah, here we go. Uh, for the uh, for the formal people in the house, I'll introduce myself and then we'll uh, we'll riff off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, the name is Dr. Adelif Nama, and I'm a professor at LMU, Loyola Marymount University. Um, my area of expertise, I say, is race and film, pop culture. And if we want to give the uh, rundown or run the voodoo down in terms of the... Uh, I like that. Run okay. the voodoo down. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's got soul. Okay. okay. <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Miles uh, Dewey Davis. Um, if we're going to run the voodoo down, then the uh, books would be uh, in this uh, sequential order. Black Space, Imagining Race in Science Fiction Film. Uh, the first book-length examination of, of race and science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's done it. I've done it, and hopefully there'll be somebody else who can uh, come behind me and uh, even do it better. I love to see uh, people show and prove. So the second book is uh, Super Black, mm-hmm. American uh, Pop Culture and Black Superheroes. Mm-hmm. So that, That's uh, badass. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it runs the gamut, right? Mm-hmm. It runs the gamut from all our black superheroes, even some of the independent ones. But we get into the uh, reading of what blackness means, how it's been imagined and reimagined, and what we can take from that. Not all of it is just kind of like the stereotypical uh, tropes, but there's a lot of times where the the images is uh, progressive and uh, many oftentimes uh, subversive. Mm -hmm. Then lastly, uh, the most recent book would be Race on the QT, Blackness and the Films of Quentin Tarantino. 
Bam. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So we're going to go it, in see, on that one. Here's, so, <laughs> we here's the go thing. In. And what I love about that book is you bring up something, because a lot of times when people talk about Quentin uh, Tarantino Nama, is they always talk about race as if he's a racist and that he's mm-hmm. putting racist stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about your book is what you're telling people is to look at the work. Yeah, you're not talking not about the person at, the at all. Yeah. That's exactly look at like, yeah. the work. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the artist, no matter what your opinion is of Quentin Tarantino, a lot of times people kind of project their own stuff onto him right. without just focusing on the work. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times an artist will put things out. And like I said, they might not even know intentionally they're putting it in there. Sometimes it takes an outsider's viewpoint to look at it and kind of like bring to the people like this is sure. what's up there on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I really have real respect for that because, yeah, you know, QT can be problematic well, at times. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm I'm putting Tarantino you know, off of the hook. Uh, but too often... Uh, we expect, let, let's say, a uh, Tarantino type of uh, personality who, whose forte, whose talents, whose genius is in the realm of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And we expect them to say something profound when it comes to race. Right. Right, like to articulate it. Mm-hmm. Where their skill set has really been geared towards the uh, acceptance of an, you know, at an, at an award Ceremony. I mean, mm-hmm. they, people can give good acceptance speeches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are good on that press junket when they need to uh, publicize their um, their project or the next project coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're in this this type of informal uh, interview uh, settings with you know uh, with some type of name brand host. So their skill set is tight when it comes to that type of uh, situation. Whereas you know maybe if you put me in front of a lot of cameras and a lot of mm-hmm. people in the back backdrop, uh, maybe I might freeze in terms of how I would articulate something. That might not be my uh, particular uh, skill. I don't see that. You got, you, no, got too much, really. you got too much of that voodoo in him. I don't know. Yeah, this is true, but you know, just, just trying to be humble at the, at, at, at the beginning. Right. <laughs> right. He's going to lay it down in a minute, though. Look. Then we, we open up the game you know, okay, down the line, but uh, just to set the, set the table in a certain way, then we can, then we can go at it in a minute. Uh, but to expect Tarantino, whose expertise is in, in these particular given areas, mm-hmm. to say something that is really mind-blowing in terms of some type of racial analysis, I think is, the, is immature to expect that. Sure. Uh, Tarantino, like most everyday folk when it comes to race in America, as I say in the book, is hit and miss. Mm. You know, sometimes you say something profound and mm-hmm. other times you don't. You know, it's like when I ask my mom for some you know, advice about I'm, I'm feeling under the weather, sometimes she gives me some advice that's like, yeah, I need to do that. Sometimes like, I don't know about that. <laughs> you only Rub- mix honey and dirt? What? Yeah, you know, <laughs> rubbing Bengay on your throat? Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that one, Mom. But I still love you. But mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think there's a way in which Tarantino's been, you know, when, but when you put yourself out there, that's what you, you know, you're going to get some flack. So that, mm-hmm. comes, oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. comes with it. But to have these, uh, you know, high expectations that he's going to say something Profound. Uh, often it's not the case. He's going to say something that's very tongue-tied, very you know, like I say once again, hit and miss. And, and sometimes it's uh, outright offensive in the, the given the setting. But the work that we really want to examine, mm-hmm. at least I do. I think others of us do. The only reason Tarantino is relevant to us is because of the films that he makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Not really the speeches that he gives, mm-hmm. right? So that was my my premise here in, in the book was that let's let's deal with the work. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what the work is saying mm-hmm. and how we can interpret that. So when when did you come up to the realization of that? When did you realize? Wait a minute, this isn't about Quentin. This is about the work. When did that hit you? 
was was it in in analyzing all the interviews and stuff like that, or what happened? Well, I, I think really it's just it's it's my my body of work. It's my perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's you know to take it all the way back to Black Space, the science fiction film book. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I say it in the book, I say when I tell people, "Hey, I'm going to write a book about uh, race and science fiction film." People say, "Well, that's going to be like a pamphlet, right?" <laughs> <laughs> There's only three black people. Uh, in the three movie. black people. I can count them out, and uh, yeah, you're going to be dealing with Star Trek for like exactly. five of the chapters, yeah, right? Exactly. Because and so it's, it, if we take it from you know this the standpoint of of supposedly what is, and uh, we are limited in terms of our analysis of of, of this really kind of like circumspect um, orientation, then there isn't much to talk about. But mm-hmm. if we begin to look beneath the surface, look in what type of cultural work a uh, let's say, for example, a science fiction film that doesn't have any black people in it. Mm-hmm. What type of cultural work it's doing? Right. Then maybe we can have a different type of discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Because if there's a science fiction film about some far off utopia in you know uh, in a galaxy far, far away, and there are no black people in it, mm-hmm. then that's a that's a black film too, because it's it's saying something about the uh, projection or the desires mm-hmm. that in the future. Black people don't exist. Because even the absence That's something of you talk about all the time. Says a lot. Yeah, because yes. even in your book, Black Space, one of the things that, that I have been thinking about that he at- articulates so well in the book is even when you don't see black people, mm-hmm. the absence of that, there's text in that subtext of us not there being there. It is telling us something about those people sure. when we are not there. That's For example, right. the most recent film, did you see Interstellar? Haven't seen it yet, but people are talking about it. Yeah, we're this not, is not a plot giveaway, but at the no, end, of, spoilers. At the, no, no, spoilers. no, 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 should have seen it. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, basically, the Earth is dying, and basically, right. we have to like figure out, find another planet to live. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, basically, they create like this new world on a different like spaceship planet somewhere, mm-hmm. and you know everything's happy and green and blue skies, That's right. but it's all white folk. There you go. So even though you're happy in the movie, like, oh, Matthew McConaughey, at least, you know, he made it back to see his daughter, even mm-hmm. though it's like, well, Where's Laquan? Uh, yeah. I want to know that. And the people walking <laughs> around. Like, and where's like, Keisha? And, it, and, and, the, and what made it so glaring is I was watching in IMAX 3D. You see what so, <laughs> so not only was it a ginormous screen mm-hmm. and 3D, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there going, there are no colored folk up here That's whatsoever. Right. So right. what are Where's they Martinez? Me? What, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Somebody. Which was interesting because at the beginning of the movie, they did have a couple of black characters. Mm-hmm. On planet Earth, but apparently mm-hmm. we didn't make it out to space. <laughs> Not in there. They got a city up there. And shit. So that's a, that's we a, that's didn't, a, we didn't a win cold, that lottery. That's a cold <laughs> metaphor mm-hmm. in terms of searching. For, uh, there's a dying planet. Mm-hmm. And you're looking to for a rebirth and renewal, mm-hmm. right? And you find, I guess, the next Eden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to build this utopia. Mm-hmm. And what utopia looks like. Is the absence of people of color, and particularly black people, mm-hmm. if you and that's not a fantasy, a, a, a type of desire in terms of a political text, mm-hmm. then I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So that for me is about looking once again at the subtext of the text, right? Mm-hmm. And you, that can be more powerful than right. the actual text. Because I know in the book in Black Space, you talk about Logan's Run. Oh, where we got the robot at the end has the black voice, but there ain't no black people in Logan's Run. Um, you talk about Planet of the Apes yeah. and and how a lot of fears were projected onto That's that. Right. There you, go. you know, in terms of just just in the 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 idea, the metaphors of apes and monkeys, especially when black people have been considered apes and That's monkeys right. by Correct. people. Right. And so you're talking about a revolutionary group of monkeys who taken over the world and essentially, because even though there was one black dude in that movie, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember he lived or not, because I was like a wee child. 
when it came out. Yeah, I don't remember. Because I know he didn't really say much, and I'm yeah. pretty sure he died, probably. <laughs> oh, he's the first one to go. He definitely receded to the background. I definitely can attest to that. But there's so much so much richness in, in terms of what we are saying, and especially with the movies that are coming out now, a lot of them are big tent special effects with fantasy and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And we know that those are like projections of how we would like to see ourselves. And when we don't see people of color, you know, you start to see grumblings on TV shows that are coming sure, out when sure. you don't. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw the new posters for the gods of Egypt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> but didn't we learn this with Noah and the other movie in Exodus? <laughs> they put out the posters and I'm like, the only black character they got mm-hmm. was um, uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman, okay. who plays, I can't forget. I think he's like, is it Horace, the god of wisdom? Mm. And he's like the only black person, but everybody mm. in there like, y'all know y'all wouldn't have survived in Egypt <laughs> looking like that. And the thing about it is, it's so blatant that mm. I can't even be mad anymore. It's like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like uh, the plethora like, of see, actors. Y- I know you know, Lisa. <laughs> and and, and one thing you may not know. Go ahead. Let me tell you something about Lisa. <laughs> Lisa and her whole black nerd group on, on, on Twitter. Hey, watch what you know, because they come. They, they come hard. for you. They be going. So I can see this is another movie y'all going to go in on. You know, it's It's going to be three people at the movie theater. When you're so blatant, like when people have come at you and those movies have flopped. Let's uh, be real. mm -hmm. Exodus, Noah, those movies pretty much flopped. Sure. And when you put out another movie, I can't believe that. Okay, and yeah. you're not even trying About to be mu- Egypt? and you're not even trying to be multicultural. Even if you didn't want to black, have black people, yeah. you could have had some other people in there who are brilliant actors in there. Mm. And I was laughing at Chadwick's poster because on his, y'all go Google this. On his poster, they show him, and I guess he has the power <laughs> of wisdom that he can reproduce himself. He's like nine different versions of himself on the poster, so it's him. Mm-hmm. And there's like a bunch of different ones of him because okay. I guess he's so wise and all knowing that he—that's he, the most black people you're gonna see <laughs> in that movie is on his poster, you know. And it was like I can't even be mad anymore because it's—it's it's gone from like the sublime to the ridiculous mm-hmm. to the point where you just really want you—you you just trolling us now, yeah. you know. And and it, and it, what. What really pulls it from your black space is when you jumped into the uh, the Karen Tarantino book mm-hmm. is when you started talking about, and we had this conversation at okay. UCR, when you started talking about Django Unchained. Right, And right. you brought forth something that I hadn't thought about because right. people talk about that movie as spaghetti western, satire, a whole bunch of stuff. But you said something that had me sitting down thinking when you said it's a gothic it's horror movie. It's a gothic movie. horror film. Hmm. Right. I can see that. And you okay. know this being genre. Yeah, explain that though. Let's, you know, let's get into that. Okay, let's get into okay. That. so... So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is a little teaser. So go we're, gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go to Django out there. So people listening, right on the edge of the seat, <laughs> mm-hmm. just to uh, bring the continuity into the game uh, in terms of what got me on to the Tarantino. Yes. Go back to that mm-hmm. original mm-hmm. question. So, uh, being that Tarantino is often talked about in a very, um, uh, I guess we'll we'll say a negative way or very, um, he's a lightning rod for controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, people often call out his films as racist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was interesting because um, when he first arrived in the early 90s with uh, Reservoir Dogs, I really liked that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the film uh, was replete with uh, the N-word. Now, for those of you uh, in the audience, my, my guests may or may not say the N-word. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> I'm not bothered by it. So if I just because I say N word doesn't mean I'm I'll take offense if they actually actually say the word. <laughs> so so that's just to put my audience out there, listening all the no Give them a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, let, no, let the bitches so, know. So the N word starts flying here, and I let it like, in. Ooh, that guy's quiet. Get Ooh, it in. He's over there probably seething. No, not no, at all. No. So I'm just looking for my opportunity to drop it. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the way in which that the that word is deployed so much was was rather disturbing for a lot of people. Uh, for myself, though, uh, and at the time, uh, uh, my, my girlfriend, later my wife, we weren't upset by the use of the N word. I, I thought it was actually like, yeah, that's that's how they talk when we're not around. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. somebody showing that type of like you know mm-hmm. depiction mm-hmm. of how whiteness circulates. And it's privileged position, the mm-hmm. way in which, you know, hey, they're telling in jokes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a matter of fact. It's a part of the everyday experience mm-hmm. of, of, you know, whiteness, even when blackness is around. It's not that right. Yeah, yeah, I so I was like, man, this is a cutting edge dude who's, mm-hmm. who's willing to do something like mm-hmm. this. So, you know, then later on, the kind of, you know, backlash against Tarantino mm-hmm. uh, arose. And then, um, maybe even reached a fever pitch with the Jackie Brown mm-hmm. uh, film. Uh, I, I think the people came out and started uh, uh, counting how many times the N-word was actually uttered. I think uh, Spike Lee was behind that. Mm-hmm. Then there was also... Kind <laughs> how of like many? A, there was a lot now. There was a lot, though. There was a lot. Every other line. Yeah, every other line. Yeah, no doubt. Right? It was um, extra. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but Jackie Brown's one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... The reason why it's one of it's my favorite, because it's so political. Mm. And for me, uh, the politics of the film could be missed if you get caught up in how many times he said the N-word and was it necessary and uh, who's laughing at it and you know what was, what was like on the set. And I feel funny when I hear somebody say it when I'm sitting next to a white audience mm-hmm. member. If you get in all that, you, it's, it's probably going to be a tense-filled yes. experience to sit in Jackie Brown. Yes. <laughs> now... Step out for a moment and we re- try to regroup. That film is very, very subversive and transgressive. I say so in the, in, in the book because the film is dealing with the prison industrial complex. The film is, uh, at its center, is a middle-aged black woman mm-hmm. as the star of a major motion picture. True. She is uh, part of the working service class economy. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, this is a type of portrayal we haven't seen of a black woman mm-hmm. of substance. And she's a, a thinking black woman. She got to think on She got to be smart. She got to be clever. She got to outwit forces around her. I haven't seen a major motion picture by a major Hollywood director with a middle-aged black woman as a star, right. maybe since Claudine. Right. Wow. Right. That's yeah. the only one I can think yeah, of. Point, right. Point, right. And the woman is caught in, a, in, in this real bind. And I say real because we saw in the 90s a um, increasing um, explosion of women of color and black women uh, as well being caught into the uh, prison industrial complex uh, system given the drug trade economy right. mm. where women of color drink mean drug mules mm-hmm. are the are the drug mules mm-hmm. and they were getting caught in this kind of like war uh, on drugs uh, 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 legal system where if you get caught you the only way you can 
uh, undercut your uh, sentence is to um, pigeon on someone is, mm-hmm. and, and, and to, you know, uh, say snitch, but to be an informant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is, if anybody knows anything about the drug hustle, uh, the drug mules, the, the women who are in this, they don't know, any, they don't know the kingpin. Right. <laughs> they, who are right. they going to tell on? Right. And the only way you can reduce that sentence is you got to bring you got to bring a big fish to the table. Mm-hmm. You can't bring Jerome who told you the, <laughs> gave you the map. <laughs> Little Ray Ray in there, right? Little Ray Ray in the corner. You know, he gave you the map and said, right. you know, don't drive too fast, mm-hmm. right? You right. Can, they don't want him. They get him. They already got him. Right. They got him five, ten. He ain't even miles, a, he ain't even the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> they want they want somebody real, right. and so you know. The narrative of Jackie Brown is this woman who gets caught in this predicament, right? Mm-hmm. right? And the film actually takes you through the prison industrial complex, bail bonds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is this is you know, for me that that's a, that's something saying something very political. Uh, saying something very uh, political, uh, along with the um, the film uh, Maria Full of uh, Grace. Oh, Grace yeah. That's another one that, mm-hmm. that speaks to this issue. Oh, you talked about that one, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and that's since Jackie Brown is serious, but then. And then we'll get to Django. I know you want to hear about that Django. Um, <laughs> no, then, it's important too. <laughs> it's good, yeah. it's uh, but then there's the way in which Odell Roby, uh, Samuel Jackson's character, mm-hmm. to me, is the epitome of the self-hating black man. <laughs> oh, I have never worships seen whiteness worships to his, to his de- detriment. Play, to his play, detriment. <laughs> doesn't he play the same character in every movie? Though? But he plays it. He plays it beautiful. He plays it beautiful. He's a genius. I give him that. When have you seen mm-hmm. in a major motion picture uh, a display of pathological self hatred that literally costs him his life? And Jackie Brown is able to kind of like play off of this. Mm-hmm. The reason I say this is, is because all throughout this film, he is a killer. He brags about how he's a killer. He says things like uh, he kills his boy uh, Beaumont. He says to his uh, poor Chris his, Tucker. Yeah, Chris Tucker. For those who don't know, he says to his his, his uh, potential uh, crime partner in crime, Robert De Niro's character. I forgot his name. Um, Is it Lewis? Name is Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, my man yeah. Lewis. He says he shows him the body of Beaumont and says, "Listen, uh, if you want to come in, in on this, I'm paraphrasing. You got to be about this because you see him. I'll kill this uh, cheese eating." Looking nigga and twenty four <laughs> other cheese eating looking niggas just like. Cheese. Did he say no? I think it was like ten thousand. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm you, like that many. I mean, <laughs> it's like any nigga standing my way. Right. I'm taking him out. Right. Right. Uh, then he tries to kill uh, Jackie. Right. Uh, but you know she she you know kind of gets her gets out of that. But he is not about uh, being a, a kind hearted person. This is a killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then he has as he says my little. White snow, surfer my, girl, my, my snow bunny, my snow bunny, <laughs> who hates him, right? Despises him. Uh-huh. Talks about how ignorant he is. How he, he can't really read. He's hmm. a he's a sham. Let's Lewis. Let's hook up. Get rid of this bum. Take while the he, money while he in the kitchen on the phone. <laughs> right? She's sitting there talking to Lewis. Like, hey, he's so stupid. Uh-huh. You know, he he only he only repeating stuff he heard. Other That's people right. say, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, he right in the next room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad that his boy Lewis, when they have a moment together, him and Samuel, uh, his character Odell, have a moment together. He says, "Hey, man, listen, you know uh, Melanie? Yeah, what about her? You know she's a uh... yeah, I know. 
can't trust Melanie, but you can always trust Melanie <laughs> to, to be, be Melanie. Melanie. Right. 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 Yeah. right. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's got a rationale for why he would keep a woman who actually is trying to do him harm, mm-hmm. do him in, undermine his ability to get his money, take his money, backstab him. But he's like, nah, I, 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 I can't do anything. You know why? And he says so in the film, because she white. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I, I don't huh. know of any director who's willing to be that honest yeah, 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 about yeah. a certain sensibility and a certain type of black person mm-hmm. who would keep a person around simply <laughs> and just say it, and just articulate and say because she white. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, that, that is a really bold right. move for mm-hmm. a person to put that in their film. Mm-hmm. Amongst all that N-word, there's really something going mm-hmm. on in terms of this, the, 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 the pathology, the pathos, mm-hmm. right, of this character. That you don't usually see. Mm-hmm. But and he is somebody who, sorry to interrupt you, he is, ahead. Quentin is somebody, and you talk about in your book, who claims to have grown up around black people, right. to know them. So that was like some inside shit. Right. You know what that I mean? That was. You feel me? That, 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 yeah. that might have been an actual conversation right? he was having with his <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, because when I saw Ordell Robert, I was like, this, you know, I was like, this dude is like... He's he's real for me. And he I've some, seen some cats I, I, like this. I know some grown ups and grew up around some dudes. I who know like some that. dudes yes. like this, and they talk like yes. that. They yes. got that type of sensibility, mm-hmm. and 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 he, he just hit it on the nose mm-hmm. for me. Even the way he used the n word, I was right. like, "No, nah, that's where them niggas talk, right?" <laughs> right. So for me, it was, it was very uh, a very authentic type of patrol, but it had a. It just wasn't. The pathology of like, let's say, in Training Day, mm-hmm. right, right, where he's just pathology is Achilles, no, no good. This guy, you see, at the end of the day, and I say so in the book. Uh, despite all this pimp swagger mm-hmm. that the character has, he is severely insecure, right. okay. and that's why he needs to surround himself mm-hmm. by whiteness and promote whiteness because that gives him a sense of identity and mm-hmm. importance mm-hmm. that he doesn't have. And he certainly is able to express that in terms of killing the people who do look just like him. And what was also interesting about that movie is the idea that everybody in that world, they all had some kind of economic, you know, issues. Mm-hmm. You right. know, you've got Melanie who's like, what does is, what is Ordell say? Like, she used to be something back she in the day. She used to be something. But now she on, you know, a hooker who's like on her last leg trying to hang on whoever. You've got like the bail bondsman who, that's probably not the job he wanted to have when he was growing up. Like, I want to grow up to be a bail bondsman. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Lewis. You've got all these characters. It's a middle-aged crisis characters yeah. That, yeah. that you usually don't see. Right. Hollywood doesn't want to deal with middle-aged crisis age people, mm-hmm. right? So, for these reasons, I say that the film is, and, and many more, and you know, and the book goes into in detail to bring out to flesh out how, how transgressive and subversive the film is is within that framework that Django operates as well as mm-hmm. a very subversive text mm-hmm. it was talked about as a spaghetti western or southern we're bringing all this uh, this uh, mismatch this blending of genres and that is true but I think the genre that was being blended uh, primarily is once again we'll, I'll reiterate re, uh, the statement that Django is a gothic horror film. And it's, it's, it's horrific, not only in terms of the topic, but the style in which it's shot. Sure. Right? I mean, from the opening, we have these, these as I talk about in the book, um, Django's character has a metamorphosis in the dark of night. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has the quintessential uh, marking 
of a cursed or enchanted character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. This is so we'll get right to a cursed the, or enchanted. Person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this and, and this trope is, t- is often used uh, in the Gothic text mm-hmm. uh, through the use of a mirror. But the mirror will be able to tell you uh, what type of uh, cursed or enchanted a figure this is. Okay. And we see this in Django Unchained. So this might be a major spoiler alert for those of you out there who... If y'all ain't seen Django... Well, you know, shame, shame on you, as shame they say, you. right? <laughs> um, but nevertheless, uh, you've been warned. So there's a scene <laughs> where uh, little Jody, you know, she's broken those eggs and one of those brittle brothers on that plantation is um, going to engage in this uh, sadomasochistic uh, torture scene. And we see her tied to the tree for a blouse pulled down to expose her back. She's tied to the tree in such a way that she can't look behind her. And one of the brittle brothers is getting his whip ready. He's cracking it. And we've seen Django in his electric blue uh, valet outfit walking uh, in the plantation. And as he walks through, often we see these enslaved African, these black folk, uh, really just not really seeing him. Uh, hmm. There's a scene in which one uh, woman's just on the swings, just swinging back and forth. And it's a really a, a dissonant scene because you would think someone with that lot of a suit mm-hmm. and a black person uh, walking around on a plantation would just automatically just cause a lot of uproar. <laughs> and walking freely like he can walk wherever yeah. he want to walk. Right, you, know? you just go on <laughs> this, you know, man with on a mission, right? Um, uh, the shortest point between, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. He's making it, right? He's mm-hmm. making a beeline over to uh, this guy. So he comes up, calls him out, and little Jody, who's at the uh, top of the tree, can't really look to see, but the, to her um, right is a full-length mirror propped up against um, some type of uh, broken down, dilapidated uh, oh, bricks. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So she's got to look at the mirror to see what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And she looks in that mirror, and what she sees is that Django doesn't cast a reflection. All you can see is his suit. You can't see his head, and you can't see his hands. Huh, I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Tarantino is you telling picture. you. He is yeah. telling you. Tarantino is telling you this man does not exist. He is a myth. He is the oh, return. Okay. Uh, he is a living myth. He is a story. He is Stagger Lee. He is a story told down by generations of, of black people. Say so like there was this man who came by and did this uh, thing. Huh. You can't believe it. I'm telling you, this is what he did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what we're seeing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm showing as, as as Dr. Nam was talking about. I'm showing Hilliard. Um, some screenshots that I uh, when I was watching the film again after I talked to him last week I said mm-hmm. let me go home and watch Django again and sure enough when that scene came up I was like oh, I'll be darned huh. as many times as I've seen that That's movie right. as I didn't see <laughs> yeah I didn't even see like that part on where the she's first like, shot right and wow. here's little Jody just sitting here yeah and then you see it and he's like there's nothing there he's like a ghostly image that's right you know? that's mm-hmm. he doesn't cast a reflection a full reflection mm-hmm. this is why he can get away with so much that's because because he's enchanted he's a figure he's a mythological figure mm-hmm. and once you figure out that this story is a, is a mythological uh, story is a horror story mm-hmm. 
with uh, with with this 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 uh, return of the repressed, the return of that which they the specter of revenge. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Because sp- I, I can see that reminding <laughs> me of when I saw uh, recently Crimson Peak. Mm-hmm. All those gothic tropes. A lot of those things that I saw in Crimson Peak are the things that you see in Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. You know, mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Skeletons and skeletons, especially mm-hmm. with oh, Mr. Candy. Mr. Candy plays with that, mm-hmm. that, that skull, human head, the right. skull. Oh, mm-hmm. That's a classic trope. Mm-hmm. Then the classic other one is the the fainting uh, damsel yes. in distress. <laughs> and when have you seen a black woman able to play that damsel in distress no. role? You never have, <laughs> right? You know. And and his his uh, Broomhilda is uh, apparition, right? She she is literally this figure, this haunting figure. That we see him engaging mm-hmm. with as not as a figure of like oh I remember her when but as a person who's right there mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as this apparition sure. that he has this type of conversation mm-hmm. with and this type of communication with right okay. that's tropes of the gothic mm-hmm. that is and then of course we have the the uh, the gothic trope of the um, uh, decadent aristocrat. Hmm. Right mm-hmm. of Candyland, you come in there. He, he he fills all those tropes, even the one of being incestuous. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's that that's mm-hmm. signaled mm-hmm. as well. Right, and even the the use of candles and candelabras. Right, all of these elements become ways in which the film runs as a, a horrific gothic text that also deals with absurdity, such as. The oh my god, the, the KKK, the <laughs> right? Arguing about my wife made these holes and right, <laughs> perverse absurdity. Yes, that is. You're that trying is... to. You're about to kill somebody, but y'all want to sit here and have this little argument because your wife didn't make the holes big enough so these fools could see, so they mm-hmm. can go kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Like the laughter in the audience, That's right? Which is the combination of one funny, like this is some bullshit, <laughs> but the laughter of horror too. That's it's almost right. like mm-hmm. really, y'all really gonna have this conversation mm-hmm. right now, right? And part of you's thinking they probably did. Have in conversations back mm-hmm. in the day. And that's what I, for me is you know, if we really get into like enslavement, there, there is a certain absurdist quality mm-hmm. to the whole institution of enslavement. Absurdist, not in the, in the sense of that it's funny, like you a guffaw, like you just ha ha he he, mm-hmm. but a type of like gallows humor that right. just just permeates all of that right. uh, experience and the way in which. Uh, in terms of the human condition, one would have to find a way to have a type of absurd sense of of humor, given that extreme mm-hmm. terror. Okay, right? It's a ter- it's a terrifying situation to be in a mm-hmm. uh, uh, position, and it, you know, it says in Blade Runner too. That's what it's like to be a slave, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. To, right. To you know, always be under the 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 the, the, the fright or, or be un- under fear, right? Right. right. Fear of death, mm-hmm. and so. There's a way in which, well, you know, I'm sure black people was laughing. Black people laugh right now in the crack house. Okay. Somebody mm-hmm. laughing. I know. There's some real deplorable ass shit is going down, mm-hmm. and people are finding a way to engage that humanity. Right. So there's also, you know, the, so the absurdist aspect is there, but as well as the triumphant aspect of the two figures of Broomhilda and Django, that they have decided <laughs> to say, hey, we value our love for each other. Mm-hmm. Our love and our commitment to each other. We don't care what you're into. Mm-hmm. Right. You try to make us, you know, as he says, ponies. You try to turn us out, right. uh, make us whores. You try to, to uh, uh, squash our humanity, strip us down right on at the, at the dinner table, right. uh, debase us, dehumanize us. But the story's like, but 
you know what? But we love each other. I love that black woman. That black woman loves me. Mm-hmm. And we, in our bond, we're going to be, you know, act this out as this type of revolutionary act of like, you know, killing white oppressors. Right. But the very act of being a loving couple in a environment of intense dehumanization where their love and their value for each other is not even valued, you would think somebody would just give up. Like, well, ain't no sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, liking her because, you, you, you know. Because you made that really great observation, one of my favorite books, which is also, I think, is a gothic horror book, which is mm-hmm. Toni Morrison's Beloved. Yes. I'm actually wearing one of my Toni Morrison shirts right now. <laughs> it's right. when you talk about a 6 0 and a 30 mile woman. There you go. And when you start talking, when I, when I read that in the book, I was like, this man <laughs> is showing out right now. Yeah. Because one of the arguments I've had with people with the movie because a lot of people had criticized especially I'm talking about in particular black folk who was really mad that I liked the movie Mm -hmm. was the idea that why wasn't he like being the revolutionary going out and I said that was not the story that's right his goal was to get his wife that's right so the whole point you know, he like, I don't know what you niggas is doing over there. That's right. Y'all can bounce up but I am going to go get my woman. Like that was his, his only goal. And so when you start talking about it, reminded me of that like that extreme uh, love story in Beloved of six on thirty mile woman, where he would, he would walk thirty miles, thirty mile woman, and all he could do That's was love. see her. When he by the time he got to the other plantation, this is a slave now mm-hmm. to see her. Break it down. He only had time maybe to hold her hand or to look at her before he had to turn around and get back to the other plantation. <laughs> it, was dark. it was dark now, right? You know, okay. Right like, that's extreme. Gone. Like, you know, any other Negro probably like, well, they done sold her off. I ain't going to never see her again. I got to deal with it. It ain't worth it. But this Five minutes for him to hold a hand. Like, and then, of course, if you read Beloved, you know what happened to 6 when he was screaming oh, out 7 0. That means that, you know, he got his wife pregnant. They're going to have another one. But even though they were killing him, lynching mm-hmm. him, burning him. See, that's the absurdity. That's absurdity. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. In that moment, that's what Tony Morris is, is a genius, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's giving us a gift, mm-hmm. right? To to use that as the absurdity of, of which black people have had to be grounded in. Right. To make sense of a life that doesn't make sense. Right. Right? That, you know, as they're saying, this is reality, that black people will actually dance and laugh and celebrate at the auction block. Now, when I was young, I didn't understand. I was like, right. what the hell are they doing, man? Right. I, man I'd be crying and <laughs> uh, mad dog and everybody look at me. Falling out. Spitting on something, man. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I got this whole, you know, fantasy what I'm going to do, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, all black people <laughs> but, you know, do. Especially all of us living today. <laughs> yes. like, I wish they would. I wish they would. As soon as they crack that, that whip, whip. you're like, you oh, okay, trying to take that whip back. Somebody, hey, he moving slow over there, right? <laughs> so, you know, so I, I right. you know, so I'm, I'm a little old, a little bit more mature. But when I went back and dealt with that reality, what these black people were saying, like, listen, what these black people were saying at the auction block were like, listen, this is the last time I'm going to see some of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. So we can go out crying, mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. This is like going to be the day of terror, or we can just go ahead and, hey. Hey, baby, I love you, and just go and just show out. Right. Because right. this is it. Right. What, 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 what do you, right. what, what's going to happen? So you might as well make this mm-hmm. what you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, some, that's a heavy thing to deal with, that type of situation right. emotionally, that type of trauma, mm-hmm. to be on the, on the verge of, 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 of like eternal separation and say, you know something? We're going to make it happen. But we see this in, in, in the culture in terms of the, uh, the, the what they call the second line. Right. In right. New Orleans, yeah. In New Orleans? Yeah. Well, we're we, we going to celebrate. Right. 
as soon as we cut, as soon, as soon as we cut that body loose at the cemetery, mm-hmm. it's on. <laughs> Y'all keep when the beat uncle, going. <laughs> when I, my uncle passed away, one of the last big uh, second lines that happened, uh, Big Chief Tootie, Montana. Man, we we were barely out the church because usually you have a serious dirge mm-hmm. and then you follow the body and mm-hmm. it's really serious and solemn. It was such a big event. Remember, this was right before Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. This was such a big thing because this family, they've been doing this for like over 150 years, one of mm-hmm. the original Mardi Gras Indians. Mm-hmm. They got outside and literally we couldn't even get through the first dirge before we was like dancing. I came out the church. <laughs> Just wetting. Right? You know, and we was out there and we was showing out. And mm-hmm. it was like such a celebration mm-hmm. because, and we took the body through all his favorite places he liked to go to. You mm-hmm. go and, you know, favorite bars, restaurants, your favorite neighborhood, you're hanging out, your stomping grounds. And even though it's a sad occasion... Mm-hmm. People were just happy they knew you, and people joined in. And people, right. people who didn't even know, there were thousands of people yeah. at that thing. You can go mm-hmm. online and look at a Big Chief Tootie Montana's funeral, and you might even see me out there behind the thing. <laughs> you know, I was waving to my aunt inside the inside the car, and I was like, okay, but we was we was cutting up, mm-hmm. and it was like such a joy, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like we were gonna miss him. But at the same time, we were going to celebrate. And so that kind of intensity, yes. you know, yes. it's real. You That's know? real. That's real. So, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be able to capture the absurdist element of what it means to be enslaved mm-hmm. is the, uh, to me, for me, that, that is a real mark of, a, of, of, of insight mm-hmm. and of, uh, of writing a filmic uh, genius that, you know, for me, I, I read the... Uh, kind of like the original screenplay mm-hmm. of uh, Django, and I was like, "Man, this is some rough stuff." I was like, "Woo!" <laughs> I read it too. I, I read like, it a couple times. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know about this. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I want to see this. Right, I don't think right, you know." Right. But what finally made it to the screen mm-hmm. was totally, in many ways, so, uh, mm-hmm. I thought so totally different mm-hmm. that I was like, "Well, how do you get a, even an a, a Oscar for original screenplay?" Because what what I you know read and what showed up seemed like. Two different because things. because what they do if you for the audience who doesn't know for the most Break part it down. is they will um, take the the what shows up on the screen they return that into another script again and that becomes the script so it's not the script you originally wrote okay so it's almost like transcribed right. Word okay. for word. That's uh, why when you read the yeah. production version mm-hmm. from the script, yes. you can sit there and read it right. word for right. word. There That's might be right. one or two little things but missing. But if you go read the original, original draft. If you read the original, draft, original, like, the hmm. shooting script, yeah. there might be a lot of different right. things. Yeah, shooting right. script was right. a whole different yeah. type of uh, mm-hmm. monster. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times the actual writer didn't even write that because they just transcribed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And See? there's changes, of course, when you're on set, whether with the sure. collaboration, whatever the actors bring, sure. that kind of thing too. Because just jumping on your idea of the absurdist thing is... The expression of Jamie Foxx's character, Django, the whole time, it's a look, it's it's a look of like the absurdity of the situation I'm in. When he's looking at them, he's like, I cannot believe these white folks. <laughs> like the whole, if you watch the movie, like every time he's looking at people, like, I cannot believe the shit I'm in right now, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna deal with it and get through it. But even him and the the dentist, I forgot what was the character's name. What is his name? Because oh, uh, you know he got nominated for an Oscar. Yes, he did. He did. It. I just call him the dentist. Yeah, <laughs> right now. <laughs> right you now, know, the because there was something that I caught in there in the film that I thought was important. I just want your opinion, no, no, Doctor Nama, go, go, go. because there was a moment where people are like, "Well, how come Django didn't kill uh, Mr. Candy and vice versa?" But I keep telling people all the time that each one of them had to kill the opposite 
evil part of themselves. Mm. The dentist had to had to kill. He the dentist had to be the one to kill Candy. Mm. He had to kill mm. the cracker mm. in himself. Mm. And Django okay. had to kill the nigga himself mm. by killing right. you know, right. Samuel right. Jackson. Right. But I mean, of course we know the movie it has its issues from one oh, thing. Oh yeah, it's not a perfect. I, yeah, I like for one thing, <laughs> uh you need an editor? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too long as um Dr. Schultz. Dr. Right, Schultz, yeah, Schultz. Dr. Yeah, Schultz. Yeah, yeah, like, Schultz. it's too long. Uh, there were some characters that you probably didn't need in there. We could have we moved that story along. That's right. But, it, but in terms of bringing something to the forefront when it came out, one, the people, like you said, I was one of those people who was like, I don't know, I'm going to see this. You know, he's doing a movie about <laughs> cowboys and slavery. Yeah, man. You always that's get a, sensitive. Yeah, yeah, that's a rough mix, you know. <laughs> and then all the criticisms and, of course, the comments that Spike Lee made yeah, and other yeah. people. And then, of course, the divisiveness when the movie did come out and how mm-hmm. many people, in, in particular black folks, who yeah, didn't like it yeah. because they felt like you can't be doing a, a, a spaghetti western cowboy movie about right. slavery, right. even though we was cowboys and doing that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And those of us who were like, I get it, you know, and I dig it, you know, because when have you seen, I mean, I'm still waiting for my Nat Turner movie. I'm still waiting for my Haitian I've heard, Revolution. I've heard rumors that uh, yeah, I've heard been, rumors. Bill Duke no. might be directing that. You know, we've been waiting a long yeah, time. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough To see one. that type of subversive where we're actually doing something, because like right. I said, the criticism was, well, how come they didn't, you know, the other slaves, was he freedom? How come he didn't like empower them to go out and do, that's not that story. That's not that story. And that's, and, 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 you know. Yeah, he had a goal. Yeah, go. I'm getting my wife. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it really is a classic Hollywood film that the the um, guy gets the girl right. And, and you said it was corny in the book. You said it was corny, and I yeah, thought. I was, yeah. I- I loved it because when did we ever get to see the, the black dude get the black girl and they get to write off, they blow up White Master House. <laughs> kill everybody they kill in the everybody house. In the house <laughs> and they look fabulous doing it and mm. they row right off on their horses. And, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, I would love to see another movie, Django on the Run with Broomhilda. You know, you just want to see that. I, Let us have that moment, Dr. I, I, Mama. Well, you know, I can concede that sometimes I can be a, a bit strident in my analysis. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's what I'm here for, the let, hardcore. Let me have right? that moment. No, I, you know, I, I, I leave. I got to interrupt you. No, go ahead, do it. Go you know what's it. funny about you, Dr. Namu? Come on, I know, I know you've been reading. Check it out, Just Just trap. I'll be studying, motherfucker. Trap, yeah. Here's the interesting thing about you. This is what I like about you. You be we talk about code switching. This motherfucker right here be switching like a motherfucker. You be going from intellectuals to nigga. I will cut you. Oh, all day long, brother. All day long. And then you look like you could spit. Like he can, he can rhyme. He can throw some serious verses right now. Mic, we can go do a freestyle. He'll be right like, now. I will take Tupac and all well, of them. Whenever I've seen him, like on the Astro Blackness, and the one thing I love about about him also is when I see you on panels, like. For example, last panel we're on, other people have their papers and their stuff. He was just spitting straight off the dome. Off the dome. Off the dome. Off the dome. And I was sitting there like, y'all see what's going on right here? You know? And and you said something that was interesting. A lot of times when we talk about these academic things, it could be really, really boring. Yes. But the idea is you bring a layman's term that's accessible to everybody. That's right. Especially when you're analyzing. Because I think a lot of times people, we don't analyze film. We talk about craft mm-hmm. and learning how to do like, you Good know, point. the actual structure of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I think as writers, we really need to be thinking about what is the intent behind our work. And and I we've taught this with OBS. We sure. talk about writing with symbolic imagery. There you go. And using certain tropes in your script mm-hmm. to kind of like put these messages out there. Not mm-hmm. to politicize everything, but mm-hmm. to get it out. Mm-hmm. But I think... Um, Especially the work that you're doing in terms of your film and, and writing about film, I think it's it's really needed and necessary work. Well, you know, oh, you know something that's interesting is you brought up something interesting. 
Now, we all know Tarantino is like cinephile to the hundredth degree. Knows movies like a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So all that little symbolism you're talking about that he puts in his movies mm-hmm. is intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be something that's in the spaghetti western or in the mm-hmm. martial arts, whatever. Mm-hmm. He knows exactly every single thought he's done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you see in that moment of the mirror oh, yeah. with Django's face yeah. and this image not even there. Yeah. Like a ghost. Mm-hmm. That was planned. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he was trying to tell us something, but yes. very subtly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he only knew people like you with your little smart self. <laughs> figure that shit out. Yeah. You feel uh-huh. me? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, so, Interesting. so for me, when I, when I, as they say, when you peep game, yeah. and you truly peep game, you're like, then you got to go, you got to run back. Mm-hmm. And reanalyze and, and, and kind of like see if your analysis still stacks up. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, that was very telling for me. I, I, was, I, I said, man, this, this guy knows his craft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a serious bleepity bleep. Mm-hmm. I know you're filling the blank. That's what I ain't playing. This serious biz up in right, here. You right, know what I mean? I right. mean, this is a real cat. So you can. So, you know, we can go all, you know, all these goofy, but you can, you know, and his acting chops aren't up to par. You know, I, I, I go all in, oh, I yeah. critique him for Definitely. that. Okay, so, <laughs> so this, like I said, this book is not a love letter, but it really is about dealing with a guy who's dealing with race, mm-hmm. a major film director who's dealing with race and won't get up off it. He's obsessed with it. He's like, let's just, I mean, it's let's like, just be real. I mean, recently when he had that article that caused controversy when mm-hmm. he was talking about like, he's the only one that's talking about black cultural stuff or putting stuff in there and people are like, how dare you? We got Spike Lee. And I'm like, well, look at Spike Lee's. Yeah, he ain't doing no, no oh, crazy man. movies like that no more. Listen, it's he, been a he, while. He's doing crazy movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No, I, I just don't know if you saw uh, the, the one that he made, the remake of Ganja and Hatch. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I watched uh, the first. Was that the, the horror blood? one? Was yeah. the blood of the, the blood of Jesus, the sweet blood of Jesus. Jesus. Oh yes. man, that was I was really disappointed. I'm saying mm. for the record, you don't have to edit this out. This is real. Um, <laughs> Give it to him. <laughs> are you breaking up? Are you breaking up with Spike? Uh, <laughs> oh no, we we fell out. <laughs> Girl sick, we fell out. <laughs> You mean Prince? You mean you mean Prince? Prince wasn't that the whole girl, you on the girl six? Oh, girl six, we fell out, man. We fell out. It was, it was cold. I was spurned. <laughs> <laughs> beware, beware, brother, spurned. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, when I saw them phones fall off from the sky. I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm giving and I appreciate yeah. I, listen, listen, right. I'm not against people coming with the artistic, the avant-garde, the uh the, the you know, kind of pulling from the old French new wave and mm-hmm. trying to be disruptive in terms of what film is and what and making us be reflective that we are dealing with film. Sure. Um but when you do that, you have to do it um like a surgeon. This is a man who brings a, a, a wrench to a brain surgery, mm-hmm. right? The, this this is he's too heavy handed, too didactic. Mm-hmm. Um, his skill set should have matured and been more refined as, as years have gone on. I, By now, for sure. I don't think they have, and that's why I'm really frightened about going to go see this uh, Chirac mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the play Lysistrata. I actually have it on my Kindle. I've read it several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I'm gonna go see it because okay. I'm yeah. one of those people that yeah, you, got to. you know I'm gonna yeah, go we see support it. Some shit. I saw yeah. Sweet Jesus Blood or Sweet it. Jesus Blood or whatever that shit is called. <laughs> Blood of Jesus. <laughs> it, you know he does a disservice to to that uh, you know type of talking. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 
Because uh, as, as a phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that like a phrase? That's like yeah. a black phrase. Right, right, right. right. Mary, just, Mary, sweet mother Jesus. Yeah, okay. yeah, right, yeah. Right, you, do, right. you do a disservice to the, the culture. Morris Day did it right, though, right. didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> you do a disservice to the cultural history and memory. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> uh, I was going to put it like that. <laughs> we appropriate the terminology, and you can't put in the type of uh, content that makes us be reflective and appreciative of your art and your ability to bring black people to the screen. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, he's been accused of certain a, a type of hucksterism of of getting you all hyped and amped, and you get in there, and it's like, eh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. the Oscar me show of our era. I say that. Yeah, before. I mean, you know? I you and for know good what? for bad, and so like for for the record, right. let me also say because uh, I know the analysis is strident, but let me also say that he does uh, show flashes of genius. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt, we can't uh, take it away. He mm-hmm. is one of the uh, pioneering uh, filmmakers mm-hmm. uh, in 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 the field. Uh, he probably, in, in many ways, has been, um, has suffered or been uh, limited mm-hmm. in terms of the projects he uh, has been able to do or I allowed to do. I said he was do. robbed from Malcolm X. Uh, That's just my Because of his uh, politics that he is willing to express and the sure. type of projects that he's willing to uh, put forward. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I recognize all that. Uh, but also to, uh, as they say in, in superhero lore, to uh, whom much is given, much is required in terms of, well, I think it's black, really a black, <laughs> black um, uh, <laughs> phrase, but I'm, I'm pulling from Spider-Man, right? With, with great powers comes... Okay. Uh, great responsibility. Great responsibility. Okay, yeah. so I cleared it up for the audience right, there. Right. So a little mismatch. So, um, so you know, you have all that on the table. You, you have to be able to do something with it. And so that 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 is... Ultimately, uh, yeah. that that critique, but I recognize mm-hmm. the the strides and the and, and the obstacles that he has had to go against and, so, and been successful. As so well. let me have, we got about five more minutes. We're going to run. Um, let's talk about what do you want people to get out of reading this book? What do you what do you want them to get out of it? Um, what I what I would like to, for people to get out of and then and then sorry to pick it. No, go ahead. And then I want to know: Have you heard from anybody in Quentin's camp? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's do. Let's do I'll call him Quinn because that's my or cousin. The reception to the. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's do the last question first. All right. Uh, nobody's talked to me. Now they should, but mm-hmm. nobody's talked to me. Okay. They, they mm-hmm. should. They should come over. They should uh, come they over. Come, we come holler at a brother. They should holler at a brother. <laughs> and, you know, go have some tea. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and crumpets, of course. Okay. You know? yes. Make it real. You know, mm-hmm. civilized. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I, I think it would. It would. Do well for his his camp to at least be familiar with the arguments to uh, inform the I, I, I think I don't want to say protect but mm-hmm. certainly to offer a counter critique to the critique okay. and that they need to have a sharper one and mm-hmm. I think I have one of the sharpest uh, in terms of a counter critique to um, the claims. But, but of, let me ask you: of, Don't of you think basis. part of the issue is that when you are a Tarantino on that level? There's nobody saying, do you think you should take out? Everybody's going, okay, if that's what you want, okay. You know, oh, yeah, no, no, yes you, man no, everywhere. No. Everybody's you know a yes I mean? man. Um, and, you know, usually, you know, uh, uh, artists, the, the, their hubris mm-hmm. will eventually catch up to it. Sure. Right? And so um, I think we saw that with um, <laughs> the grindhouse pictures. Grindhouse pictures <laughs> at Death Proof. That, that's when the hubris. When y'all enabled. You enablers in that camp because yeah. I sure would have been like, mm. right, <laughs> right. That was yeah, that was the self congratulatory. Totally, it was totally. Uh, it was almost a vanity project. indulgent, indulgent, self indulgent. Yeah. All of those, mm. uh, something with a self in it, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Masturbatory. We can, mm-hmm. you know, we can just go take it all the way out 
on multiple levels, <laughs> right? So um, I think, and I think he says as much as that, that film was like, mm-hmm. okay, I've got to temper this. I've got to, mm-hmm. you know, I can't just throw anything out to the audience because it's, mm-hmm. it's just says Tarantino on it. It makes it a hit. Mm-hmm. I have to bring the craft. Mm-hmm. I can't just be self-indulgent. So uh, that uh, level of um, hubris hopefully was, was undermined, but I think that's always the case mm-hmm. because it's uh, at that point, and it's almost a natural evolution when you become successful and it's your vision, your mm-hmm. idea, you, you claim it, you own it, you project mm-hmm. it, and then someone says to you, hey, man, that's not hot. You're like, man, what do you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All you could do is tell right. me it ain't hot. Man, I make it hot. Right, right. right. And so you already... Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a hard... I'm worth $400 million. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> that's a hard person to have in your camp. Yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. When but you whole, need that person in your camp. But that's the synergy. That's what you need, right? Even but, Oprah has somebody in yeah, the camp. You, have like, to you know, have Oprah, that. this is some bullshit. You have to have that person. You have to have those people. You have to have that moment. You have to have that space. You have to have a something that can self-check you other than the mirror. Yes. Right. You have to have engagement, interaction. You have to be, uh, you know, engaged with the world. But you know, as I'm sure you know, and you probably have more stories than we have time to ever talk about in terms of the whole Hollywood uh, predicament, and in mm-hmm. terms of the the mindset, and sure. people get caught up in the the house of illusions. They believe their own press. It goes mm-hmm. on and on. Right. Sure. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so far, some people have been to this uh, point. Tarantino has been able to. Uh, kind of still hold his own mm-hmm. in terms of a racial analysis. And that's what I want people to get out of the book, okay. if they're going to you know, deal with the book or just deal with my work in general, is that the book does cultural work. The book is not... I'm sorry, the book is talking about the films do cultural work. Mm-hmm. But the films that we deal with are not outside of the world and society that we live in. Okay. We live in a world that is racked with... Uh, racial, gender, sexual orientation, marginalization of of people, uh, class, uh, conflict, and that our films, these works that we project as entertainment are actually telling stories about us. Mm -hmm. It's telling us what we fear, what we hope, what we desire, is actually showing us in many ways how sick we are and possibly how we can become better. Right, posing to us a challenge to be better people, right? To identify with the hero. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be. What does the hero have? They have character, mm-hmm. integrity. They're willing to sacrifice material gain for some type of moral center, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. These are the things. These are the these are the mythologies that that are constantly told and retold, right? Uh, that's why people complain. They complain about that. Hey, I want something new from a movie. But when you give them the movie where the guy dies and he doesn't get the girl, people are like, oh, man, I, was, I don't like that movie. That, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of downbeat. Mm-hmm. That was downer. It wasn't right? fulfilling. It wasn't mm-hmm. fulfilling. No, we right. want to see those things that are up. Oh, you got the girl. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what? Or the guy. Because we want to get the girl or the guy. Mm-hmm. Right? We want to be fulfilled and, and find out other uh, a soul made in a person we can feel fulfilled in life. Mm. These are the we people. don't want a tragedy. We want to overcome the tragedy. Mm-hmm. Right. We want to know that after all this storm, there's going to be uh, rainbows and, and nice, uh, you know, a moderate uh, mm. sunny skies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- that's what we want, mm-hmm. right? And so the films are about us. Mm-hmm. They are never really about 
the person. Mm -hmm. They're really about our society. Mm -hmm. And so when Tarantino is talking about race, mm -hmm. then we have to look at these films to deal with what is he saying about American society and race. Mm -hmm. And we need to find ways also, this is my last point, to appreciate that these topics are coming up from a filmmaker, which forces us to talk about race in ways that we not we wouldn't have talked about. When Django came out, then hey, people talking about slavery. Mm -hmm. Whether you hated or didn't like, mm -hmm. we're talking about slavery. That's something black people don't usually don't talk about. Yeah. That's like no, let it's me. A, there's a shame to it, and right, let me oh, let me hear about who broke up with who. Let right. me hear about mm -hmm. who, who... Who got in a fight. Who got in a fight. <laughs> Let me check out that uh, uh, hip-hop world then, star. And then, world star uh, yeah, hip-hop. Yeah, hip and then got mad. Like, what's he doing telling a story about slavery? Uh -huh. You right. know? Well, but we wasn't telling it. Right. You know? But because of that film, uh, people in the barbershop are talking, no, nah, I don't think you should make a movie about slavery. See, we're talking about mm -hmm. it. It gives black people another topic to engage that is more meaningful in my mind mm -hmm. than just talking about, you know... The flavors at uh, Jamba Juice and which what's the new well, one? Let me say one little thing. When I saw it, just from my opinion, I felt like Django made Roots look like an after-school special. Oh, it was. Roots is after-school special. It was like <laughs> nothing. You feel me? Uh, it was yeah. like so in your face that that was like, damn. <laughs> but let me say for the people out there, let me give a shout-out because I always want to give a shout-out to Realness. Go ahead. Uh, Roots is an after-school special, but I'm going to tell you somebody who should get a, a some type of a biography or documentary about and that's John Amos. Okay, yeah. John Amos oh, is God, one yes. of the strongest black character actors uh on television and go check out still his still working. Child be watching good times just the still space working on just He's a character everything. Actor. He's still a character actor. actor. Right. Deal with this man's craft. He yeah. has talent mm -hmm. and his portrayal in Roots is something I think uh distinct mm -hmm. from the type of uh, sanitized and, uh, you know, just um, uh, the, the Americana-esque uh, elements that are, that are uh, sprinkled throughout that, mm -hmm. that film as if it's just, it's just, you know, bad white people mm -hmm. and some good black people. Right. Well, right. No, the system right. is corrupt. Right. And anybody in it is corrupt. Right. If you're a slave, you're a slave owner. You, you're not good. I don't care. If, yeah. If you're a slave owner, but you smile care. all the time. I don't time. care if you're making pies. That's right. You're making to your slave. pies. No, that's he's right. a bad person. Singing he's songs a bad person. And, 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 and having dreams of black people when you put your head on the pillow. <laughs> Doesn't mean a thing. The only good slave owner is the one that says, you know something, I don't feel right being a slave owner. Mm -hmm. You're all free. free. In fact, this is all yours right now. Mm -hmm. or, or my superhero a real life superhero John Brown who's like you know what we gonna just take some guns and shoot everybody up right it's gotta stop so mm -hmm. so when the system's that corrupt everybody's corrupted and certainly uh, Roots was, wasn't trying to make that type of uh, that. Uh, analysis <laughs> okay, or have you bring because, that type of conclusion because they had to you know they had to get people to watch it yeah, and yeah. make people comfortable enough where they could yeah, watch well they weren't sure what was gonna happen but it was a new thing too. Yeah. that's right yeah. so I give it credit for you know it's, it's time is very cutting edge mm -hmm. But even in retrospect, uh, but it brought it, brought it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. John Amos put in some serious work. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Louis Gossett's right behind him mm -hmm. in my mind in mm -hmm. that. In, in, in that, so I just want to give up. a shout out to uh, to John so, Amos. So where can people find you? Where are you at on Twitter? And when's, and when's like the that? next Astral Blackness? Oh man, good question. Um, well, let's, let's okay, so so I guess you can consider me a, a semi luddite. I really. Um, I don't have a Twitter account, and um, I I'm don't so tweet. Ashamed. I, know, I know. 
Uh, yeah, I've got a Facebook. I'm on. You got it. like two Facebook accounts. Yes, and no. I'll be hitting up like Dr. Nama and nothing. Yeah, I get crickets. So just crickets. Yeah, like, I just I know I peek in just to see if it's still up there or not. You know. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, it's still there. Let me tell you something. Good. You are selling a book, okay? You I need know. to let people know. You need a Twitter page for it. You have got to promote Go to Amazon.com. That's type right. in his name. That's right. You'll see his books. Tell Get everybody them. his name and again. And oh, perfect. my God. Right. Yeah, Google me. Google, Google. <laughs> Google him, bitch. Google All right. Him. All right. So there you go. I'll spell it out for you. I don't leave food. A is in Apple. D is in David. I. L is in Larry. I. F is in Frank. U is in Unicorn. I don't leave food. You know, we won't forget that. Nama. N is in Nancy. A is in Apple. M is in Mary. A is an amazing Nama. You won't forget that. Oh, look. <laughs> Dr. He Nama. just gave us some spit right okay. there. Didn't he? <laughs> voodoo. I feel you. Running the voodoo down up here with my people. Exactly. Well, thanks for coming, man. We oh, appreciate it. Yes. cut you off so short. No, no, no. This is uh, good, man. Lisa, where can people find you at? Uh, you know, I'm always on Twitter. You'll find me on Saturday Night Sci Fi. Last night we were watching, I watched half of it because I had to go to a birthday party. Yeah. Uh, we were watching uh, 1981's Heavy Metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. The animated oh, my God, thing. You're able to watch so, it. Classic. I know, yeah. I know. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out how my mom let me go see that when it came out when I was a kid. It's like, how did I get in the theater to it's go see vulgar. that? I mean, naked women's and, yes. then, and then like magi- hard mag- magical, magical Negroes, the little white boy turns into a black dude. And I'm it's like, hard what? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what was my mother thinking? Mm-hmm. But anyway, you'll find me on that tag, Saturday Night Sci-Fi. Uh, you'll also, whenever um, uh, Graveyard Shift Sister um, does stuff for Friday Night Horror, you can also find my reviews and things on Bitch Flicks. Uh, my latest piece is up. It was for the uh, Women in Violence Week that we had, and my piece was on Vikings, the Women Warriors. Okay. I think I called it Shield Maidens, the pleasures, <laughs> the power and pleasure of women's violence on Vikings. Oh, man, that's cold. That's so, cold. you know, I love it. When women kick ass, like, mm-hmm. I, uh, I applaud it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up. Nice. Nice. And I'm yes. your host, Hilliard Gash. You guys can find me on Twitter. H-Dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they call me, Hilled Out. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest, or you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Um, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever works for you. Give us a five star review because we need that shit for the, for Dap the it metrics. Dap it up. Mm-hmm. Dap it up because it's real. Exactly. And then we can get these Luddites in here, you know, to start promoting <laughs> their stuff. <laughs> you need a Twitter account. So, so I ain't got to go. Yeah, I, I got to see how I this got, works. I got to stock them at academic conferences and be exactly. like, Mr. Dava, will you please come? Hey, if you blow up this Twitter account, you blow up this episode, hey, I'll come online now. Okay. Let me tell you how good Twitter is. All, all we have on this is a Facebook page, which we only started about six months ago. This is mainly just Twitter and this bitch over here, right? <laughs> Twitter, over 50,000 listeners. Actually, 57,000 listeners or something like that. You know what I mean? Man. So just Twitter mainly. Man, 50, people, people 57,001. They be passing the duchy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, proof, yeah. Exactly. Showing proof. You're showing and proving. So I'm going exactly. to have to get on, get, get, get my tech game up. Exactly. And you ain't got to be there all the time, Dr. Nama. Every you got a then. website too, Roger. No, man. You have a website, website man. My oh, my God. <laughs> I'm living life, brother. This is the web. <laughs> okay. But I need to diversify. I, mean, oh, yeah, I, need, I need to diversify. Definitely. You get some interns to help you with that. Yeah, I get my, get my well, portfolio. I'll get you on, on Twitter next time that we have a really good movie for Saturday Night Sci-Fi. We got to get you to live tweet with oh, us. Oh, man. I look forward it's, to it's it. It's a lot of fun. It's yeah, a lot I of fun. I look forward to it. So if you guys have any questions for us, hit us at screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. And, uh... You're going to go out with us for 2015, all right? You'll know when to do it because we're going to say, I promise to say it this time. So oh, you're going to join cl- Yes, I always do. But hmm, when right. you started drinking your little fancy, like, First of all. in shape mix, <laughs> showing off. All right. 
So on this show, we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what? 2015. All right. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Welcome to the ring. Thanks, guys. You wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the red room.